0: Welcome to the Achieve Results Nutrition and Wellness Podcast, the ultimate guide to today I'm talking to Aram Gregorian. He is a nutrition coach and trainer that focuses on mindset that facilitates behavior change. Aram has 15 years of experience helping people get educated, empowered and out of their own way. We were able to connect obviously in Las Vegas out at your event, the Real Coaches Summit, which we'll talk more about, which was just an incredible event. It's a pleasure to have you on here today and thanks for being with us.
1: I I thank you for having me on because sometimes my messages aren't always well received by everybody.
0: That's funny because we're going to bring that up. We're going to talk about that today. And I don't know, man, I prefer to be told like it is. And you're that guy, right? You'll tell it like it is, and full disclosure for everybody, I was three minutes late signing on to this this Zoom today, and I caught shit for it, which I should. It's my own fault, right? And I knew it, and I'm glad you called me on it. But that's it, man. That's you, and that's what I love. Like you're a real dude. You don't hold back, and I think the world in general needs more people like you. I don't know, I don't know how you get around in California being as real as you are, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the list is very short of people that I connect with out here. The problem with the California like fitness space is it's very influency. So there's a lot of people that are doing stuff for pictures, for Instagram. A lot of people have like clothing deals or supplement deals. So they're just, the gyms here are very big and they're very tight. So there's just a lot of people. There's a lot of camera angles. There's a lot of tripods. There's lighting. It's almost like you're walking into a nightclub and you're lifting. <laughs> and that's how it is here. And I love it because it may it it forces me to level up because I have to show up as the badass version of myself. Like I I don't take any reps off. I'm not taking training off. But there's no educators here. Right. Like you talk about some of the names in the industry, like the Andrew Coates', is like the Dwayne Jacksons, like the Dr. Jonathan Mike's. People don't know who these people are right. because who they're following on Instagram is the influencers. So they're following the booty models and the v shreds and the joe aesthetics and all these clowns that i just can't stand who all have their place in this world absolutely but we're not out there to sell you something we're out there to teach you how to do it better because we know you've been lied to for the last 20 years and the content that people are consuming unfortunately is also their responsibility And that's the other thing that we have to illuminate in the space as well, is we have to be able to tell you what content is going to be applicable to you and then it's up to you to discern whether or not you want to consume it.
0: Yeah, which I think is the hardest job in the world, right? Because it's not usually the sexy stuff, right? It's not the super eye-catching things. It is the monotonous. It is the boring. It is the consistent. And it's not the magic pill that everybody wants to be given. And I think that's the hard part is relaying that and having people... I think a lot of it is that just not everybody is a fitness guy or gal, right? There's people that are just literally there because they just don't want to look and feel the way they look and feel, but they don't also necessarily want to do the work, right? So they're looking for that, right? They're looking for that magic bullet, that magic pill, whatever it is, and it's being provided on certain platforms. Obviously, we know how that goes, but I think that's the tricky part, right, is how do we get people who aren't like cre- making this their lifestyle it's not just it's just not them it's they don't care about it enough they don't want to they they just want to look and feel better so how do we get that point across in a way that can keep the interest of somebody who is not super interested
1: we have to take the conversation away from aesthetics you know i think that's the first and foremost thing i do with all my even when i just have dm conversations with people on instagram and then i finally say hey listen i'm tired of typing you paragraphs let's just have a call they're like, I don't want to be sold anything. I'm like, trust me, I wouldn't want to take you on as a client anyway. <laughs> so I just talked to them for 10, 15, 20, sometimes 40, 50 minutes. And it's basically just trying to get their mindset to change or at least get the food for thought and perspective around the fact that, listen, if you're 70 pounds overweight because you haven't cared about this stuff in 40 years, you don't get to bitch about the fact that you don't look like the other people that you're seeing on Instagram. These people have made it a lifestyle, whether they're traveling, whether they're moving, whether they're stressed, whether their dog died, their kid is sick, they make it happen because it's important to them. The aesthetics are a very convenient, lovely byproduct of that work. Like I've been in this for 15, for 25 years. I started when I was 15 years old. I didn't yep. know how to live without training. Yep. Like My first 15 years was I was picked on. I was an oblong, pear-shaped little kid. I wasn't athletic. I was the class clown to try to like ward away any bullying that I was getting. So what I did was I'm like, shit, who's the, who are the toughest, baddest kids in our school who have all the chicks, the football guys. <laughs> so let me join the football team and start lifting weights with the football team. So I can start building some strength and start looking like, you know, like a male, as opposed to this gelatinous little thing that I was. Yep. So for me, it was totally vanity that drove me, but What changed over the the life cycle of the reason why I do this now is as an almost 40-year-old man, is it nice to be the guy at the pool party with abs at 40? Fuck yeah, it is. (laughs) But is it the only reason why I do it? Absolutely not, because I don't like waking up feeling like shit. I like having a ton of energy. Like, I have a coach. I've been working with Jace Lopez, who you saw at my event since March. The first question he asked me every single time we check in is, how are you feeling? How is your energy? How was this week? Where's stress at? Where's digestion at? It's not about like where did you PR your curl or like, how did you look with your ab vein in a picture? None of that shit matters. And he's got aesthetic based athletes that does matter. for. But everybody walks into this with, I want to feel better naked and in my clothes. Understand that it's going to take years to reverse what got you to this point. And if you can't accept it, unfortunately there is no quick way because if you have to just lose 20 or 30 pounds, it's just a lack of either consistency understanding of the proper way to do things and not spin your wheels or it's too driven into you that you have to have this relationship with food that's very toxic
0: yeah i like that i like that a lot and i think that's one of the things like you said right i think there's probably nobody really barring the fact that people that get into this later in life because maybe they have a health scare or they start to realize oh man like i got kids and I'm going to have grandkids soon. And I really want to be around for a long period of time. I'm not necessarily super focused on the aesthetic piece of it. Of course. Yeah. I want to look and feel better, but I also want to be available. But I think, I think that's the way that this whole thing manifests, right? Like you said, take the aesthetic piece out of it because usually that's why everybody starts, right? Everybody wants whatever the bigger biceps or whatever the six pack or they want to look like that i would just say they just want to look like that person on the magazine that they walk by when they're checking out of the grocery store and they're like oh man wouldn't that be nice
1: but uh, let me interject for a second i don't want to thwart people psychologically from thinking that's a bad thing because i think we have this diso- like you're a registered dietitian you live in this world of disordered eating and body dysmorphia and god forbid you tell somebody to weigh their food or worry about their mirror There's nothing wrong with wanting to look and feel better. The only problem that I have with it is that when it's completely unrealistic, like if you're a 55 year old woman and your idea of a nice body is a 22 year old fitness influencer that you're just like, I don't understand. (laughs) Like you have a full time job. You have three kids. You have a house. You have a business that you run. She ain't doing jack shit. She's sitting in her parents' basement waiting for the next cell phone bill to be paid by mom and dad. Like she's got plenty of time to train three hours a week or three hours a day. She can eat every meal for free because it's done at home. Mm -hmm. She can make money selling clothes online through different fitness brands. So like you're comparing yourself to the wrong people. So that's where people are getting really messed up is they're trying to get their idea of what they're capable of from the wrong types of folks.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And it's funny, because I was thinking this on like, from the standpoint of an athlete recently, too, it's a lot of times athletes get messed up with this type of thing as well, right? Because they're a sprinter, or a football player, right? But they're reading bodybuilding.com articles. And man, you gotta understand where you're getting the information, what where your source is coming from, because I'm telling you as a, a college football player you're probably not going to want to eat like a bodybuilder that's not going to be most advantageous to your performance and then obviously to bring it back into the realm of what we're here to talk about today is more general population i think that is important to understand that where it's yes we got to make sure we're understanding the source. And are we getting the information from somebody who, like you said, is 25 years younger than us and has a completely different lifestyle? Or are we seeking out relevant sources of information more in alignment with what's available for you at given your whatever your life, right?
1: Or even have a clear cut vision on what you want. Have a clear cut vision. Like you ask somebody what their goals are, and say, well, I want to I lose weight. Okay, let's get a little deeper than that. Why? what do you think is going to change in your life when you lose weight i'll be more i'll be happier how i'll be more confident in my skin are you though are you let's take it like well, you know lizzo is right yeah three 200 and change pounds pouring out of every outfit on stage half naked for the world to see doesn't give a shit about how much she weighs doesn't give a shit about her body image who knows what she struggles with in person i have no idea by herself in her in her private life but she shows up in the world as this confident woman with plenty of body fat you can and i think there's a detriment to this narrative of being happy at any size because there is a, a chronic disease risk that comes with heavier set obesity but i think in general if you're not a confident happy pleasant individual 40 pounds heavier you're probably not going to be a happier individual 40 pounds lighter because there's nothing between your ears that you got to fix first and that takes years of awareness and most likely some therapy as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And obviously I know you work with a ton of people and I've worked with many people as well. And I think that is the thing that gets people is that they think that making this one change or losing a little bit of weight is going to be the thing that just makes their life just this incredible thing. Right. And you, they romanticize the fact that, oh, if I just weighed five pounds later, I would just be this whole new person. I'd be confident. I'd, I'd be out dating. I'd be out wearing my skinny jeans and and all that stuff. And it is, it's unfortunate to see as people go through that process. It's not, it's usually not a weight related thing, right? It's something that is bigger than that.
1: So what we can do is we can tie that into asking folks. And I think the best thing that we can do as coaches is we do the job that doctors don't do is we ask a lot of questions. What do doctors not do is they ask that you tell them what your symptoms are. You walk into your doctor's office, this is what hurts or this is what's not good they spend 30 seconds reeling in their medical book in their head, which probably doesn't even have the answer to what they're talking about. And then they spit out a, usually a pharmacological intervention for that problem. What do I do? I unpack years of psychological trauma first. Now it's not within my scope of practice at all. And I'll say, and I'll preface that immediately to tell the audience that I am not a qualified mental health professional by any stretch of the imagination, but The school of doing what I do every day has taught me some skill sets that I have not previously had because I work with 95% women. All of them have had body dysmorphia at one point or another. Most of them had an eating disorder, whether it was clinically diagnosed or not. So I'm seeing the same pattern emerge time after time, person after person. None of this shit has anything to do with calories or macros or your lats or your glutes it has everything to do with what the fuck happened to you when you were a child in your parents house how they brought you up what imagery you saw what you were susceptible to the way you were celebrating with food or the way you were told to clean your plate completely what you saw in dieting culture as you grew up watching your mother step on the scale go to weight watchers meetings starve herself and then binge at night All of this stuff is pre-programmed into our tiny little brains, and then that's what we carry forward as adults, and then throw in Instagram, and then throw in Sally at the office who just did keto and lost 40 pounds in three hours, and now it's, wow, I don't understand. This is so easy for everybody else, and it's impossible for me, so people are just confused. They're lost. They don't want to respect their starting point. They don't want to believe that it's supposed to take longer than they feel like it's going to take. Our job is to ask them a ton of questions before we prescribe even one intervention.
0: I think that's huge. And yeah, it starts with that aesthetic piece, but you really do start to realize, right? It does, it is that deeper work, right? It's those underlying things that nobody wants to talk about or nobody wants to think about, but then you really get in there and you realize that if you are going to actually reach that point that you want to reach and you want to be happy to, in the pursuit of that, like you said, like that's where... Really, the major work comes in. So, what what type of behavior change are you usually seeing with a lot of people, or what are you working on with people? What's your main your main go tos? Immediately
1: stop with the narrative of good food, bad food. Like, just understand that everything is dose specific. Think about it with like wine, right? You have one glass of wine, you're probably not going to get drunk. You have two bottles of wine, you're probably gonna be ridiculously drunk. So, it's not that candy bars are bad, or popcorn is bad, or soda is bad. It's just the quantities of which you're consuming it. Now, granted, all of these foods that I just listed are hyper palatable, meaning they're very tasty. They're usually cheap. They're highly accessible. They don't, they don't require any thought or preparation. So it's just, it, there's no barrier from what do I want? And let's really be honest. It, it We don't need to snack. We don't need to eat candy. We want to do that stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you have to also reconcile the idea that the more of that, decision that i make over and over again it makes that decision that much easier to make so when i'm emotionally vulnerable when i'm stressed when i've had a long day and those are the things that i have in my house and are easily accessible to me i'll probably gravitate towards those things as opposed to grabbing the frozen chicken out of the freezer putting it in the sink to defrost for the day prepping it at night when i get home from a long day of work throwing together a meal that has protein vegetables and some type of a natural starch and all of a sudden, wow, I now have satiated myself because when you eat well, you don't need a ton of food. You just don't. I used to eat thirty, five hundred calories, four thousand calories a day, just making it fit my macros, just to try to grow muscle. And now I eat probably three thousand calories a day, but I'm satisfied. Yeah. Like nothing, I don't need to eat this exorbitant amount of food that I used to believe I had to eat because my micronutrient density is higher. I'm getting more vitamins and my and more minerals. I'm giving my body the signaling that it needs to feel its best so the best thing you can do is stop looking at food as this prison or this thing that's good or bad understand that you're in control of the dosage of it and it's like anything else moderation literally is moderation is the only thing you practice like i had a woman today that called me she's gonna stop coaching with me for the summer which i think is funny right oh i'm gonna i'm gonna have a crazy summer i don't want to coach i'll come back to you when i'm ready which is fine which is fine. At the end of the day, I'm done having that conversation of trying to reel people back in. Yeah. So what I do is I say, Hey, let's put together at least a, a, an actionable tactic list. So while you're away, you don't feel like shit about yourself. You feel fulfilled, you feel satisfied, and you don't come back worse off than I found you. Yeah. So what do we say to her? She's how many calories should I be eating? I'm like, first of all, you can't put food on a scale where you're traveling. Yeah. And if you do, you're a fucking psychopath. <laughs> so let's not yeah. worry about like how much the food weighs. Let's not worry about how many calories you eat, but let's at least build a plate structure throughout yes. the day. And let's talk about how much activity you can be doing. Let's talk about sleeping. Let's talk about having some supplementation to move bowels. And let's just keep the basics going. And then in two months, once that chaos is over and you feel like you're grounded again, we can recommit to some more proficiency and some more, like actual num- numeric targets, but it, like, what's the point? Yeah. Estimating 1500 calories? Who's good at that? I'm not I'm sure you're not that good at it. You can't eyeball seven ounces of chicken.
0: Absolutely not. And anyone who's done tracking and not done tracking knows that you can't estimate it. Like, you're always going to be way off. But man, I think there's a lot of things that you touched on there. But like you said, that's the one big thing I think that where people want to key in on. And I, I have this one burned in my brain, right? I have someone who's trying really hard and she messaged me the other day and she's like, is it the built bar that I've been eating? And it's, I just, I'm like, man, like I want, I feel like I have taught you more than this. At this point. <laughs> no, it is not that one individual food, but, and then which comes to the structure aspect, right? So I am huge on focusing and anybody who obviously knows nutrition, like myself or like yourself, it's going to be the structure of things, right? So like it's a plug and play situation, right? So I'm assuming for you, whether you're, and I know I've seen this, whether you're at home prepping meals, whether you're on the road, whether you're on a plane, you still have a structure that you're following and that structure is what allows you to stay within the limits and i think that's really what where people could get ahead is more aiming instead of focusing on individual foods and should i eat, even calories and macros sometimes right it's you're just going to be best with understanding the structure of how to in- increase your protein intake how to increase your n- micronutrient intake through vegetables and berries and fruits and like you said those fibrous carbohydrates and stuff right and then once the structures in place You don't again. Yeah. Would you benefit more from really counting every last calorie and whatnot? Of course you would, but that doesn't mean you have to do that all the time, right? Because your structure is still heading in the way of your, your goals. Right. So I think that's huge. You key in on that, right. With not worrying about the specific food, but more the structure. What's your plate looking like every day? What do your snacks look like every day? Like, how are you getting through the day consuming high quality foods?
1: And how do you feel after each meal? What's the meal doing to you? Like psychologically, physically. I don't want to have to wear my food for 45 minutes after I eat it. You know what I mean? And I'll give you an example. Like, I'm not good with processed oils. Like I use coconut oil, avocado. Oil. Doesn't mean that people can't do well with vegetable oils or seed oils. Like these things aren't gonna kill you. That it's not I mean, there's nothing that irks me more than when people like buy organic and then they don't eat seed oils, but then they drink every fucking weekend. It's just <laughs> is your cocaine organic no it's not like you don't know where you got it from yeah so it like for me i know that my body physically doesn't respond well to restaurant food i have to be very specific about where i go i have to have it prepared in a specific way it's a pain in the ass but it's i'll give you an even better example like most people don't worry about where they get coffee from like they set up a coffee date i'm gonna meet you at this place i'll see you there at 12 i being the person that i am and how diligent i am Do they have sugar-free creamer? Do they have sugar-free additives? Do they have milk alternatives? That's it. Because I want to know that I can recreate the same environment I have here in my apartment wherever I go. So if I'm traveling, I want to stay in Airbnb or a VRBO at best to be able to have a kitchen. At worst, my hotel room has to have a refrigerator. If it has a microwave, bonus. I use Instacart everywhere. Grocery is delivered to wherever the hell I land. And I'm sorry that Anywhere that you're flying to is a decently large area that probably has a grocery store. So if this is not something you've considered, absolutely consider it because you can recreate your environment at home in your hotel room. Does that mean you have to eat every meal out of your hotel room? No. But let's say you're on vacation. You don't need to eat three meals a day like you're on vacation because that's going to get out of hand. You're going to feel like shit. So maybe pick one indulgence a day and say, cool, I'm going to have the Belgian waffles for breakfast, but then dinner and lunch are going to be pretty well maintained. Maybe I'm not going to have 35 cocktails tonight because I had this big nasty breakfast and I'm still feeling it. Like I still don't understand this idea. Like people that go to the beach and sit there all day and like snack on like Doritos and shit and drink beers. I'm like, I'm half naked. I'm watching myself expand as I eat all this stuff. I'm going to be buoyant in the water in five minutes. It's 104 (laughs) degrees outside. Where's the appetite even coming from? I want to eat like fresh berries. Yep. I want to have a nice salad. I want to get some ceviche when I'm outside in that kind of heat. The last thing I would ever see me doing is like licking keto dust off my fingers in the middle of the summertime. And I just, but if you look at any average beach in America, what do you see? Kids snacking on bullshit. Adults hating their friends sodas, beers. And then we're wondering why we have all these problems. It's because this is stuff that's just common. Nobody thinks about bringing like a cooler full of like grapes and berries and, like lunch meat and just doing like turkey roll-ups while they're outside. They're not having like water containers all over the place. And then they wonder why they don't feel well. My friends included.
0: Totally. Yeah. And when you're the weirdo for even thinking of that stuff, right? Yeah. Which is, like you said, I think that's a lot of the battle that we're dealing with right now. And I think that's a product of society too, right? Like even like one thing that I've always, I've just noticed a lot is like holidays and things like that. And just everything again it comes down to marketing right and the way things are marketed and money obviously but that's the thing right like you think of thanksgiving and it's just this way to gorge yourself you're supposed to watch football all day you're supposed to drink 24 bud lights you're supposed to eat until literally you're supposed to wear your stretchy waistband pants because you're going to eat until your gut busts and but that's essentially what a lot of this stuff has become about and like you're saying who
1: makes these rules like i don't understand like why is it because that we're this is going to sound insensitive, but I find that most people that don't have the answers is because they haven't looked for them and they like being told what to do. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they see these societal norms and they don't question them. Yep. And we can get deep into the whole deep state and all this, but if something doesn't equate to me, like logically and rationally, I don't care if it's the best or ideal way or everybody else is doing it. I would much rather be the weirdo in the back of the room that's doing it my way because it's working for me. And I know that I'm healthy. I know that my blood pressure is in a good place. My blood glucose is in a good place. I'm not going to just believe and follow. I'm going to test it out and see if it works. And if it doesn't, I'm going back to my way of doing it. And I think so many people are afraid of being questioned by their peers. Yep. Like, why aren't you drinking tonight, Cindy? It's because I don't fucking feel like drinking. Like, I don't have to drink every time I see you guys. We're yep. like, why did you order the salad? We're all getting wings. It's because like, I don't want to feel like shit. Like, why are we being forced to comply to societal standards that are clearly not serving anybody's health. Totally.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I think that comes down to a couple matters. Like you brought up hyper palatable food. It just, the facts are, it just does something to us. I grew up, I was eating the Doritos. I was eating the Oreos. I was eating the shit. Um, even now, right, if I get into chocolate, if there's a good chocolate in the cupboard, my wife buys it for baking, it, half of the time, it doesn't make it into in, any baking, because I'm eating it. And it starts with all oh, let me grab a couple of those chocolate chips. And then five minutes later, I'm still standing there with the bag just on loading my hand and shovel it in, in my face. Same. It, and this is the thing, right? These hyper palatable foods, they've been created in a way that it, they are very pleasing to the brain and to the body, and we will overconsume them. So I think understanding that And like I've said in the past too, it's just, if we're looking at the damage that it's done to our society, we wouldn't, we wouldn't fault somebody for being like, no, I'm like, you brought up the cocaine. I'm going to lay off the blow tonight. Good. They would, no one would look at you twice about doing that. But when it comes to food has been just as damaging in a lot of cases to our population at this point.
1: I would argue more, more people die of chronic obesity related diseases every year than they ever statistically will from drug overdose. Look in. it up. Look it up. I promise you that is the case. Because think about it. How accessible is cocaine and heroin? Yeah, not as a,
0: not, not accessible as food. That's like sure. you
1: can't just go down the street to your local <laughs> store and grab a bag of blow or heroin. No, you got to seek it out. Like people that do drugs are highly motivated.
0: True. Yeah.
1: People that eat shit food are not motivated whatsoever because everything right. shows up at their doorstep. If yeah. trust me, if there was a world in where DoorDash dropped blow off at my apartment. You and I would not be having this conversation. I would already be dead a very long time ago because Lord knows I have my vices too. But I also know that I'm very intentful with everything I do. And what I teach my clients is what is your intention behind what you're doing? Do you even understand why you're making the decision that you're making? I have no problem with you telling me that you had a half a bag of chocolate chips, but don't expect to feel well afterwards because that's not what's going to happen.
0: Totally. Yeah. Don't then turn around and say, I don't know what happened this week. And that's the thing. You have to be very realistic about, okay, if I'm going to eat a half a bag of chocolate, I 100% have to be okay with the fact that there's going to be repercussions with that. And I think to to go back to that last thing too, is I, I always use the statement like misery loves company, right? Mm-hmm. So it's very hard for people And this is the problem with when we're trying to make these healthier changes in our life and we're not, and I want to talk, I want to get more into environment with you, but when we're not in an environment and that even means friends, family, all these things where people are not in alignment with that, they're not on that page, they're not worrying about that, right? They just want to feel comforted in what they're doing. And if you're not drinking the booze, if you're not having the nachos, if you're not having the wings, then you're putting them in an uncomfortable situation because let's be honest, everybody knows there's better choices on the menu. Everybody looked at that choice probably and said, no, I'm going to do what I want to do here. And it makes people feel very uncomfortable. But at the same time, because as human beings, we really do to be accepted and peer pressure is a real deal. That becomes really difficult, right? So when you're in a situation where you're making your friends or your family uncomfortable, and I'm sure you see this all the time with your clients, because I do, they will push back hard, right? They will really work hard to bring you back down to their level to make themselves comforted.
1: Yeah. And there's nothing, it's because they don't know any better. I know that it doesn't sound like, I don't want to say that that it just becomes from a place of ignorance is bliss. But they don't know how good it feels to consistently feel good and until you start to remedy your behavior to a place where you are that person making those decisions. And you don't have any problems with it because a lot of people are nervous. They go on vacation. They want to play. So many people go to their parents' house, right? And their parents are 70, 80. If you're our age, right? I'm almost 40. I already my parents, I've set the standard. I set the standard 10 years ago. Yeah. They moved to Florida. I get off the plane. I go to the grocery store. I don't even go to their house first. I go to the grocery store, then I go to their house. <laughs> yeah. They don't, it's not weird anymore. I set the standard. I'm not going to eat what they eat. My father starts drinking at 7 a.m. I don't need to start drinking at 7 a.m. I don't want to drink with my dad. It's not fun for me. Don't be embarrassed to have to be the outlier in the black sheep of the family, because I promise you, at some point, when you're feeling better, when you're looking better, Guess where all those questions are going to start to get pointed to? It's Susan, how did you start losing all that weight? Like, why do you, why is your skin better? Why is your hair so much more vibrant? Because I fucking take care of myself and you're going to be the person that they're looking to for advice. Yeah. And that's what the beauty is of autonomy, self respect. And it's not just the, the aesthetic, again, is a nice byproduct, but there's no confusing somebody who cares about what they do every day. It's a business card. You walk in and you're showing everybody that you give a shit about yourself. And I'm not saying that somebody who's still fat or has fat on their body isn't trying or doesn't care. They may be on their journey and that journey may last however long it's going to last. It will last forever, ideally. So I don't want to ever discount and say, unless you look like me, you don't belong in the fit club. Anybody who cares and has a mindful intention to eat well and train and sleep well and mitigate stress and have positive coping mechanisms and really learn to deal with their childhood traumas or whatever traumas they've been created, those to me are fitness people. You are a fit person. You're a mentally fit person. You're a physically fit person. Maybe it isn't showing on the mirror yet, but that's not a reason to stop because why would you want to go backwards and not feel good?
0: 100%. Yeah. And that's where we are getting at the beginning too, right? Is It is that, right? I think in the, obviously just the way you're talking about it and the way I feel about it every day when I wake up too, is like, I literally will do whatever it is that I have to do to preserve that feeling. Right. And that's exactly what it becomes is it just becomes a lifestyle, right? Like when you go to the restaurant, you don't look at the wings and the nachos and the margaritas on the menu. Like that shit doesn't exist. Like you scan the menu, you find the lean protein, you find (laughs) the vegetables (laughs) and you order it. There is no second thought of, oh, maybe I should get the burger and fries tonight. It's just not really an option.
1: And I'm not perfect. I will. I will, but like what I will say this, and this is something I've worked on because I used to be the person who, when I got my free meal or my cheat meal, Mm -hmm, it was an abomination. Like it was an absolute, like (laughs) I would drizzle burgers in frosting and just do whatever I could, just (laughs) compile as many calories in my face as I could. It was almost like a challenge. How disgusting can I feel afterwards? Now I've moderated. So even my bad meals are like sushi, Mediterranean food that's relatively clean and very few ingredients. Korean barbecue, something that I could see and control the sauces of pokey bowls, rice bowls, where I can get double protein on everything. So I'm not I used to go to Five Guys every weekend. I used to get, you know what GoPuff is, like the snack delivery app.
0: I don't know that one so It's
1: literally an app that will go and grab potato chips and soda and candy and drop it off of your house. It's it's called GoPuff because I think it was invented for stoners. <laughs> and it was literally like, I don't want to get off the couch and I just want to order snacks. And it's like an $8 delivery fee, like the amount of money that I used to spend on just food apps alone. And it can just show up to your doorstep. So it's not that I'm telling people like you have to be perfect or if you have to live like this individual who's just like snacking on kale chips all day and like gnawing on like raw chicken, but understand, like, you know, that when you eat that stuff, it doesn't feel good. I'm sorry. Nobody who's ever hit the bottom of the Pringles can looks back and it was like, man, that was a great decision. Nobody. But nobody's ever regretted a workout. Nobody's ever regretted eating the salad. Nobody's ever regretted waking up with a plenty of energy and no bowel problems. Nobody. So if you know that those types of decisions lead to that outcome, who the hell cares about what the number on the box on the floor says? Like you're not defined by how much you weigh. You're defined by how you feel and your contribution to yourself and this planet. So if you want to be your highest functioning self, if you want to be the best employee, parent, Spouse, it starts with how you treat yourself, and treating yourself is a byproduct of what you eat.
0: Couldn't agree more, man. I think that's the big thing. And it, like you said, just to bring it all back full circle, if that was the main focus of like, how can I just feel and function absolutely incredibly every day, then these decisions I think would be a lot easier.
1: Yep. Yeah. And I think I also want to tell people that you're not beyond repair. I don't care if you're 20 or 70. I think sometimes people are like, ah, it's too late. I'm already through menopause. I'm old. What the fuck does it matter? Why not increase the chance at a better quality of life, even if it's for the last bit of your life? And I'm watching my parents now in their mid-70s. I'm watching their health problems compile, and I'm seeing all this stuff. And it pains me because I there was a chance that they could have reversed a lot of this stuff. Type 2 diabetes should not fucking exist. It should not. People should not be dying of coronary vascular disease. They should not be do, dying from it. Heart attack, fine. Aneurysms, fine. Cancer, fine. I'll take it. But if you're dying from type two diabetes related problems, if you're dying from elevated blood glucose and elevated lipids, that is under your control, folks. That's under your. You don't have to spend the last twenty years of your life strapped up to machines in a hospital bed being fed pills. You can. Take a proactive approach in your thirties and stop giving a shit about how you, what you weigh, start caring about how you feel every day, what your brain clarity is, how you're able to show up for your people that love you and understand that the longer you want to be here for with a good capacity of life is absolutely within your control.
0: I love it. Yeah. Couldn't agree more with that, man. And that's the thing, right? And it's funny because the approach again, simple, not easy, right? But the approach is not easy at all, but so simple at the same time. I think if people can just focus on the whole foods and you know, learning how to moderate those hyper palatable food choices, and then obviously it's going to come down to stress management, sleep and living that wellness focused wellness-focused life, obviously activity levels and things like that. But yeah, it's just interesting, right? Because the thing I think about it is this life, this wellness focused life, where you are eating nutrient dense foods, you are staying active, you are exercising, you're prioritizing sleep and stress management and recovery and things like that. The way it's currently constituted is it's a path of least resistance, right? And we're not built, we're not built to follow that path of least resistance, or most people aren't. So It is it is a tricky thing to handle, obviously, as you can see the way that obviously the with the stats on overweight and obesity and health and all these different things right now. Right. But
1: yeah, and you can advocate for your own wellness. And and I want people to be empowered to make that decision. Like you don't have to take the first opinion that your doctor tells you. You don't have to listen to the dieting fad guru people out there, the biohackers of the world, like the basics work, eat real food in the proper quantities get proper sleep, move your body as often as possible with or without intention, right? Doesn't have to be exercise. As long as you're not sitting for most of the day, you're doing better than most people consume most of your liquid by way of real water and only water. Try to not eat, drink calorie dense beverages. Simple as that. Do those things and you'll have a better life and you'll live longer. For sure.
0: Yeah. And I was going to throw this question at you. I know, I think at this point, we know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway, just for fun. Would you say most people's problems are related more to the things they aren't doing? Or is it more minute issues? Especially now, I'm just seeing a lot of trends or a lot of fads toward hormones and stress and these things as being the number one contributors to the reason why people aren't getting the results they want to get. Now, again, I think through our conversation even at this point, I think we've got the answer, right? But do you think this is something r- related more to the stress and the hormones, or is it more just around the fact that people just really struggle to do the basics consistently?
1: It's lifestyle. It's mostly lifestyle related. Like I will never go down the hormone rabbit hole or the GI MAP testing for gut health rabbit hole until it's an absolute necessity. Like you give me six months of lifestyle consistency, right? Eat well, train hard recover well, manage stress, drink your water, take your steps, you do that perfectly for six months and you still have issues with results or whatever you perceive to be results, then we should start going to look under the hood by getting some blood work done. Maybe we're going to go down the lengths of getting a GI map done. But if you're still inconsistently, let's say, because most people, what do they do? Monday through Wednesday or Thursday, they're pretty good. And then Friday through Sunday, it's a fucking amusement park. (laughs) They're eating whatever the hell is available to them in front of them. They don't care. They're drinking booze. They're not sleeping well. They're not, there's no semblance of exercise whatsoever. And then it's back to like hardcore. I'm going to die again. And by the way, if you're dieting three out of seven days a week, you're not actually dieting. You're just eating to make up for the sins of your Thursday through Sunday shenanigans. Yeah. And most people just don't have that lifestyle because they're not carrying their prep meals around. They're not eating food that they've prepared on their own with quality ingredients. They're leaning on convenience. They're not thinking about these things. They allow stress to to succumb to stress. So I think that it's more about the stuff that you're not doing consistently. That's the reason why you're not getting to where you want to go. And if you just stuck to whatever plan it was, I don't care what it is, just stick to it literally for six months straight without any interruption. That doesn't mean being perfect. It just means that if you've set rules for yourself, stick to those rules. And then after those six months are over, audit what you did, how you did, and what the outcome was.
0: Yep. Yeah, in a lot of cases too, I think if you were to do that and you were to take that approach, if you did have, or the other one I was thinking that I didn't mention was inflammation. If you do have in inflammation issues or hormonal issues, imbalances, things like that, stress-related issues, a lot of these things would be cleared up at that point.
1: No, no chance they wouldn't be.
0: Because again, pills and cleanses and <laughs> whatever else aside lifestyle is going to be still the number one most impactful factor on any of these things whether it is inflammation related gut health stress it's all going to be managed best by by lifestyle right Yep. yeah always 100
1: percent of the time i have no doubt that if you started to remedy those five factors of food quality and quantity mm-hmm. exercise training or training proficiency and frequency stress management hydration, and sleep hygiene. But again, not sexy. It doesn't sell very well. There's no product attached to it. It's very difficult to market consistency of lifestyle habits. And that's why coaching is such an important, valuable thing for us to be doing. Because what we're doing is we're keeping people accountable to certain things that we set out for them to do small little goals on a weekly basis that accumulate to large wins over time, building in certain structures that keep the guardrails up for them so that they don't drive off the road, keeping them consistent, allowing them to have a troubleshooting space to go to, giving them a community to rely on, and and allowing that they have a support system behind them because everybody out in the world right now does not have an environment that's going to allow them to succeed. Right, Every fucking five feet, there's another store that's selling bullshit. And there's another app that they can get to order more garbage. And that's not going to change. It's only going to get worse. So if you can't figure this stuff out now, you're going to be a victim of this forever.
0: I never even thought about it like that before either. Is It's like, it's only going to get worse. <laughs> right? It's like with the more tech we get, and it's only going to get crazier. So yeah, yeah, that's one of those things, like you said, if you're struggling, now's probably the time to get on top of it, because there's not going to be less apps, there's not going to be less influencers, there's not going to be less magic bullets out there. Now might really be the time to start taking action in the, in, in the direction of the those lifestyle adjustments if you really want to nail it. Yeah, yeah. And- And one thing I wanted to discuss, and it's been brought up a couple of times here, is environment. I think that's going to be probably the major player for consistency, right? Is like, how can we create an environment that's going to be conducive to our success, just like anything else? So what are some of the main things you like to focus on with people in terms of adjusting their environment or arranging it in a way that's going to be beneficial for them?
1: so first and foremost is are you somebody who understands the value of preparing your own food and do you have a system in place to do it are you getting it to the grocery store if not are you getting groceries delivered don't rely on like restaurants takeout, all this other stuff so immediately i'll say eat out four or less times per week get some way to quantify steps Fitbit for 70 bucks i have a guy who's 70 who literally puts like a manual pedometer in his pocket <laughs> and just keeps it there yeah Understand how much you're moving throughout the day. If it's less than six thousand, get up, get up, just move. Like I don't sit. I get up at five in the morning. I have a standing desk. I'm gonna stand literally all day until eight o'clock comes tonight, and then maybe I'll put my ass on something. Minus obviously going number two, then I'll sit down.
0: <laughs> that's when you type out your. That's, post. that's when all my motivation comes to me.
1: <laughs> and then hydrate. Drink more. Drink stuff that doesn't have calories in it, whether it's booze, whether it's juice, whatever else, and understand the value of strength training, not to enhance your physique, but to benefit yourself metabolically. So if you can do those things consistently over time, then you can start to apply nuance to each variable to create a very specific desired outcome. But as a broad spectrum approach to just health and wellness, you can't fail doing those things. What just happens is what gets you from A to B doesn't get you from B to C and certainly won't get you from C to D. So understand that once you implement more things that you get better at over time, you're going to have to intensify, specify, individualize. And that's where you might want to get either. If the basics stop working, that's when you hire a professional to lead you down the way. And yep. why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you outsource that part of your life? Like you're outsourcing everything else. You're not changing your own oil. You're not cutting your own hair. Yep. So why wouldn't you outsource nutrition and training?
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. You're right about that. And On the training front, what are you generally recommending for people in terms of your take on weights versus cardio and that's that type of thing for the goals people are trying to achieve, which is usually just a leaner body, most people in general? Cardio breaks things
1: down, weights build things up. So remember those two things if you remember nothing else. Strength training is going to be a much bigger, longer metabolic benefit. It's going to give you a lot more cushion for calories if you build strength and muscle mass. And most people over the age of 35 are going to be losing muscle at a better rate of 5% every five years or about a a percent a year. It's called sarcopenia. It's natural. It's unstoppable. You can blunt that response by being able to train with intensity. And intensity doesn't mean I'm sweating or my heart rate's going up. It means that I'm training to failure, which means I cannot move this limb for another rep. And I'm doing something very specific with that limb. Like I understand where my muscles are. I understand how to target those muscles. I'm not just going into a class and letting some 23-year-old kid with a headphone fucking yell at me for 45 minutes. And then I'm going to leave. That works great for three to six months for anybody that's coming off the couch and into a fitness class. But at some point those results will stop and you're going to become frustrated you're probably going to start moving more and eating less. And you're going to start to run into new problems. So learn how to strength train, like bodybuilding style workouts have worked for a hundred years and will continue to work for the next thousand. So stop trying to go to the newest class. Oh, a row house opened up in my neighborhood. Okay. Great. That's cardio. Understand what these things are and what they do. So if you adopt those types of very simple principles, you'll start to get really great results. It's just really boring and monotonous. And that's why it's not boring and monotonous for me, because I understand how to play with those variables and I have fun with it, but that's because I'm not trying to chase a high from exercise. If I want to get high, I'm going to go get high.
0: (laughs) Two very different things. It's more of a situation of crawl before you walk, before you run in terms of do what you got to do to get back into the gym. If you haven't been there, you know, again, start with some very basic levels of cardiovascular training, start with some basic levels of weight training. And then at that point, if you need to get more granular and stuff, then obviously you can get more granular, you can start whatever worrying about sets and reps and volume and all that stuff at that point, right? Awesome. So, Tell us a little bit about what you got going on right now. I know you've got a lot of stuff. Obviously, dude, I I just, like I said, I got to just tell you, like I, from, from following you after I met you there in, in March and then I've been following your stuff. And I just love, you've got a very straightforward approach. You're a very real guy. I know you're working hard to just make sure you can serve your community the best you can possibly serve them, right? And it's paying off for you, right? You got a lot of cool stuff coming up. If you want to let people know like where they can find you, how they can maybe go listen to you speak at an event or something like that. I'd love to you need know, to share that with everybody.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm a coach. I do work remotely. I Also, if you're in San Diego, I do I do train people here in person as well. But most of my stuff is online. I don't really sell coaching. I'm one of those people who's just going to hand out information for free until you don't know how to apply it anymore and then you need help. And that's what I'm here for. And then the other part of that is I I know that there's a big void in the industry about education versus influencing. So what what I set out last year to do with the Real Coaches Summit was to put together a forum of educators to be able to have new coaches or even advanced coaches just brush up on their skill sets to become better coaches by getting some of these technical skill sets learned more and a little bit more specifically so they can serve their population better so we can start to combat more of this fatty influency bullshit and give people real applicable information so the real coaches summit is going to be a yearly thing you were at the last one next year's is going to be march 10th through the 13th same venue in vegas at the virgin hotel and it's just an opportunity for lay people and coaches to come and learn collaborate Uh, Just understand that there's a fitness community out there that's not toxic, that's not bullshit, that isn't fad-based, that is very much science-based and application-based. And then that's opened up some doors for me to go and speak at some other events and stuff like that. So it's an exciting time, but 99% of the time I'm going to be on Instagram holding my phone, waiting for DMs to come in to help people just answer some of their pedestrian questions. So I'll always be available for that. So if anybody ever needs any help specifically, just understand you can reach out to me and I will always answer
0: absolutely and four weeks to the beach right
1: four weeks the number four weeks the number two the beach is my instagram handle it's very simple awesome
0: yeah i love it man and like you said i think one thing i really appreciated about about the conference that you put on there in march is exactly that we talk about community and environment being so important to success and i don't think it's any different for coaches or for the average just somebody who wants to learn more for themselves right right we all need to put ourselves in these communities. We all need to put ourselves in these environments. And it's, if we want to be the most successful, you got to be around those people. I'm a big proponent of just be in the room. Just by being in the room, it's going to promote learning, growth. You're going to get motivated to do specific things. I think a lot of people, even just to take it back a little bit to the general population thing, right? It's like, a lot of people try to just continue to do what they're doing on the day to day and they don't understand why it's not sinking in or why it's not working. Right. I think, I think you're a proponent of this and I am too. It's find a room, man, find an environment, find a space, find a group of people that are all moving in the same direction, go out of your comfort zone and go to one of these fitness conferences or something and learn, right. See what these people are doing, learn from these people. And instead of maybe sometimes it can be combative, right? Oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm not like them or whatever, but if you want to be like them, we were all like you said, you were that that chubby nerdy kid when you were young and you decided who you wanted to be and you moved in that direction, right? I think we've all come to that crossroads where it's like nobody was born eating chicken and broccoli and rice and planning planning your meals and going to grocery stores when you land on off of planes and all these different things. Nobody was born doing this stuff, right? This is all an environment and all a lifestyle that that has had to be created and like you said, no, it's never too late, right? It can always be created. So Yeah, I think, you know, what you're doing right now is you're creating a really awesome space for the entire fitness community, whether that's coaches or otherwise. So I just appreciate you for that.
1: Thanks, man. And I appreciate the time and the forum to be able to get my thoughts across. And I hope it helps somebody at some point.
0: Oh, I'm sure it certainly will. So yeah, man, I appreciate having you on and I'm excited to get this one up. And like I said, for anybody who wants to reach out, just reach out. I appreciate you being on with us today and, and have a good day, man.
1: Thank you, sir. You too.
0: All right. Please note that this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.